Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Becoming aware of all the different strands of my own money story was illuminating to say the least. I'd started to unravel a complex tangle of seemingly unrelated incidents around money that had built a story that I was no good with money. Next, I needed to ask myself the question, what was I going to do with all this newfound knowledge? So I've been fascinated by the world of emotional intelligence for decades, and it's actually informed much of my work from back in the day when I was working with executives and executive and leadership development, still through to the work I do with entrepreneurs today. Back in my earlier days when I was working with those corporate executive leaders, I was bringing this this work to the world of peak performance. In a world where logic and cognitive intelligence was king, emotional intelligence was the new, and still is, I might add, competitive advantage. Essentially, it's about understanding that when we get triggered by something or someone, emotion will always take over. We go into our fight, flight or freeze states. Some of our cognitive abilities actually shut down as we try to deal with the perceived threat in hand. And all of a sudden, we can discover that our inner toddler or teenager is running the show. Honestly, it explains why smart people end up doing kind of silly things at times and then look back on them and go, what the heck happened there? Building the skills of emotional intelligence helps us to be more emotionally self-aware, name emotions. And frankly, this one is huge, right? Being able to name them, have that level of emotional literacy, and then determine the impact of our emotions and how they'll relate to our behaviors and the accomplishment of our goals. So I knew that I had a lot of different and unpleasant, perhaps we can call them unhelpful emotions around money. I was experiencing overwhelm, boredom, confusion, powerlessness, and of course, let's not forget worry, guilt and shame to top it all off. It also turns out that as humans, we are wired to make choices that increase pleasure and avoid pain. Otherwise, you can think of pain as fear. Fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of rejection, the fear of disappointment. This is known as the pleasure-pain principle. And this motivating force helps drive behavior. And also wants instant gratification. So this explains why often we know what to do, yet nine times out of 10, we don't follow through and take action. We often get trapped in this cycle of what I call short-term gain over long-term pain. We'll do anything to kind of experience that initial payoff even if, and most especially if, it's not going to help us in the long term, right? So we're going to end up with long-term pain. Instead of facing the fear, getting uncomfortable, and going for short-term pain, so that you can enjoy long-term gain. 
So with my work in emotional intelligence, I also knew that previous painful experiences literally become locked in our emotional muscle memory. And each time we perceive that we're going to experience a similar painful experience, intuitively, we want to protect ourselves, right? It's the survival instincts that keep in. We want to defend ourselves. We want to do everything to avoid that experience. So let me give you an example of how this works out. This was the example I used to actually use with executives when I was coaching them. Imagine your boss sends you an email saying that he wants to meet you as soon as possible. No other information. Where does your mind immediately go to? What thoughts start racing through your mind? What happens in your body? Where do you feel it in your body? And what emotions do you start to experience? The experience will be different for each one of us based on prior experiences. And when I was running workshops with leaders on emotional intelligence and I'd ask them the same question, the responses were wide and varied. Oh my gosh, I'm about to get fired. I've screwed up. Oh, here we go again. More negative feedback. Performance review? Is it really that time already? Stomach is in knots. Short of breath. Sweaty palms, you're feeling anxious. Mind is tracking back. Shoot, what did I do? What did I forget to do? Why me? Why is this happening now? Right? Am I going to have my budget cut? Right? We're worrying. We get you, right? You get the picture. That uncertainty in that moment leads to a lot of fear, right? And questioning what is this all about? Interesting, when I used to ask that question in, you know, pretty large, in front of large audiences when we were running workshops, nine times out of ten, the responses were negative, fear-based ones. So when I would start to say, okay, let's look at that, where else do you recall experiencing something similar to this? Again, the responses would be varied they would be largely negative. They might talk about, you know, getting in trouble when they were growing up for a bad grade, right? Getting scolded, getting grounded, you know. And by the way, I was working with a lot of high achievers, so um, bad grades really weren't that bad grades. They certainly weren't the bad grades I was getting in math when I was at school, right? But perhaps there was, you know, punishment, scolding for that. Uh, in trouble with mum for not having done something, right? And all of a sudden she wants to have a conversation around it. They recall times when they were, you know, perhaps brought up in front of the class uh, by a teacher or that those humiliating moments, um, again, with a class, an early experience. Perhaps it was the being called to the headmaster or the headmistress, or that's, that, that's what they were called in my day when I went to school, Perhaps it was a previous former controlling boss. They had that previous memory, right, of that. Again, it was so rare that somebody would say, oh, fantastic, I'm getting called into the boss's office because I'm about to get a raise. I'm finally getting that promotion. Yay, they're going to call me in here for positive feedback, right? So rare because immediately in that moment we get triggered and we go into fear. And we start to look at worst case scenario. And again, 
When that gets triggered in our system, the emotional muscle memory, if you like, kicks in and it takes us back right to those earlier experiences, painful experiences or ones that we've considered painful, oftentimes even in childhood. And frankly, this is where we find out, right, that, the, you know, our younger, the younger kid of our younger kid, ourselves, right, is running the show. So those earlier experiences are ingrained in emotional memory. And that's what causes us to procrastinate, to avoid, to, you know, downright self-sabotage even, to avoid the pain of what the perceived pain and to get ourselves into a place of short-term pleasure or gain, right? That's often what procrastination is or avoidance. It's because in the short term, the payoff of putting something off is actually in our minds more pleasurable than doing the thing that we perceive is going to be really hard or difficult or painful or there's a lot of fear around it. But oftentimes, like you know, you've gone through these experiences, you then do that thing and afterwards you're like, why? Why did I make it so difficult? Why did I, why did I build this up in my own mind, right? Why is it taking me so long? Now that I look back on it, that was so much easier than I thought it was. But this is where that emotional memory has kicked in. The majority of this is happening way beneath the surface of what you're aware of, which makes it difficult to figure out, you know, alone. And why I so wholeheartedly believe in professional coaching to shine the light on it, right? Build that awareness and really importantly, build, create new strategies for moving forwards. So armed with all of that knowledge, I started to look at all the things I was avoiding or that I was extremely uncomfortable with surrounding money in my business. And I'm going to be super honest here, I discovered a long list of things. Not looking at the numbers my accountant would give to me, right? Not looking at the numbers in the business. Uh, still living inside that story of, I'm no good at math, I don't understand them. But I wasn't even attempting to understand them, right? I was just glazing over that emotional memory was kicking back in again and taking me right back into the classroom. Those days where, you know, I just felt stupid and that this was so beyond me. I was feeling very uncomfortable talking about my fees back then just to even get, right, the amount that I wanted to charge for my services past my lips and sound confident and have that flowing was really difficult. And, you know, I kind of would do everything to avoid even stating that. And again, when I look back now, um, it's like, wow, I made it so difficult for myself. But that was the reality of what was happening. Lots of other things that perhaps we don't always even relate to money in our business. Things like not holding others accountable for services that they were supposed to be delivering. So I'd be tolerating less than ideal services, service providers that were supposed to deliver and provide certain things and they weren't, it was taking too long or they were constantly late or they'd overpromised and they were under delivering. And I was tolerating that because really and truly what that boiled down to was I had to have a conversation about money, right? That I paid them or I didn't want to pay them again for this to keep happening. My prices 
were all over the place. Perhaps you can relate. Again, there, what I was doing was feeling very uncomfortable about money. And so in the moment, I would actually start to think about what did I think the person would be willing to pay? What did I think they can afford? Um, I would have a price in my head that I wanted to quote. And all of a sudden in that moment, that fear, that emotional memory would kick back in again. And different words would come out of, you know, a different, a different price would come out of my mouth. So my prices were all over the place um, instead of having a great pricing structure and sticking to it. Not invoicing on time, again, right, related to money. So again, I had whole stories around that, not invoicing on time, what that typically leads to. And again, we, I see a lot of clients now in the Business Growth Academy doing similar things when we dig into their business. And oftentimes that leads to undercharging because we delay, we feel guilty. Perhaps we haven't tracked the services that we're providing, you know, if it's that type of service. And so, you know, the, the invoice typically goes out late. We have to have an awkward conversation around it. And perhaps it's we've undercharged. I certainly was doing that back then. Discounting my services. Okay, so immediately feeling that discomfort for myself of stating my fees and the way that I would relieve that comfort, right? Again, think back to that, uh, what I said earlier about the short-term pain. At that point, I wanted to get to pleasure. I wanted to get to feeling comfortable. So I would state my fees and in the very, very next mouthful, the sentence, the words that tumbled out of my mouth was, and for you, and then I would discount them, right? And go into a whole story around that. I was avoiding conversations with clients who were late on payments. Probably worse still, I was still delivering on services to clients who were late on payments. And if any of you have found yourself in that situation, typically speaking, when clients get late on payments, it gets more and more difficult to bring them up to speed. And uh, now all of a sudden we find ourselves coaching or consulting, right, or delivering services for free. Gets really, really tricky. That's just a small example of like some of the places that this was catching up. But there were multiple places where I was very uncomfortable having money conversations, talking about it, talking about, frankly, my own financial goals, what I wanted, all of those things, because it was linked back into those earlier experiences that I had had around money. And now all of a sudden, I realized that my, you know, inner five-year-old was running the show when it came to all things money. And it was time for me to finally grow up as a business owner, to take a very deep breath, to feel really uncomfortable and start taking new actions to achieve my financial goals. That is how I was able to turn money stress into financial security and empowerment.